hello, hello, Charmers. Hey, Charmers. Welcome into another episode of You Got It, Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me. For those of you who are returning, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yes. And those of you who are new, welcome. Come on in. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Okay, come on in, come on in, come on in. Grab you something sexy, okay? Get you some infused water, some chilled water with some mint or some kiwi, strawberries, blackberries. I'll tell you guys, last night I had um, some strawberries and blackberries cut up in a glass. I had some sparkling lime water. Just, wow, okay. Clearly, I'm the bomb, okay? (laughs) Because I don't know why the earth is rattling and shaking like that, okay? Um, Maybe that's your sign. Go ahead and get you some water, okay? Go ahead and get hydrated (laughs) today. Um, Yeah, so just thank you so much for joining me. And if you want to go ahead and grab something, you know, a little adult in terms of wine or some champagne or something like that, go ahead and do that as well, okay? You're welcome here. No judgment. Judgment free zone. So get you something real sexy to sip on and let's get into this good conversation today. For those of you who want to be reminded, Miss Charm School podcast is for women in transition. So women who are transitioning from their womanhood into their queendom. What does that mean? Your womanhood is a single season. Single could be in terms of relationships, but single also means in terms of mindset. When you are a lady in your womanhood, your decisions affect yourself and really only yourself. You decide where you want to go, when you want to do it. Um, You know, you fill up the gas in your gas tank, your job, you just, you're working a job where your decisions, you may have influence in your womanhood. It's 100% possible to have influence in your womanhood, Um, but your decisions really affect yourself and your world and you're really navigating your wants and your desires and it's an I season or a me season, right? Like Issa Rae said, it's really feeling like me season. That's womanhood, okay? That statement, I wouldn't say she necessarily, but the statement of it's me season is really, I would say, a perfect picture for your womanhood season of life. When you transition into your queendom, Your queendom is for ladies who are in positions where their decisions affect nations. And nations, by definition, just means groups of people. So when you are in your queendom, your decisions affect people at your job, your your decisions at your job or at your place of business or in your business or if you're an entrepreneur, your decisions affect other people's lives. Um, You may have a position where maybe you work in government or you work in a church or whatever it is, like your decisions affect other people. Your decisions affecting other people cannot just be the workplace or the marketplace, but it can also be in your home. If you are a caretaker for someone or if you are married um, and you have a family or you're working on a family or you have children, your decisions don't just affect yourself. They also affect other people's real lives. It's not just influence. Like a mother is not just influencing their child. Sure, a mother has influence on their child, 
but a mother's decisions truly affect a child's life and livelihood, especially until they grow up and move out on their own. And then they step into their single season, their womanhood season for ladies, until they transition into their queendom where their decisions affect nations, groups of people's lives, okay? Uh, people literally live by your decree is how I like to explain it. So when you are in your queendom, the words that you release into the atmosphere, people live by your words. You can say live, die, and somebody will live or die, okay? Your queendom is an elevated place where your decisions, your thoughts, your heart really impacts the world around you. And so one of the easiest ways to look at womanhood versus queendom is when you're in your single season as a single woman. If you F I N whatever the song is, right? F in the free, okay? If you're in your single, she said I'm S I N G L E, right? If you're in your single season, you're in your womanhood season where it's really about all about you. When you're in your queendom, you could be married, have a family where your decisions really impact your household. What you're going to eat for dinner actually nourishes a household of people. Okay, you get it? I've stressed the point. That's an easy way of breaking it down. And we talk a lot about relationships in this podcast. But there's also the larger conversation of just um, you and your womanhood at work and in the marketplace versus you and your queendom in the marketplace. Two very different energies. All right. Someone had asked me a question recently about what is Miss Charm School podcast and who is it for? Sure, we talk about etiquette, we talk about being in your feminine energy, your divine feminine, we talk about all those different things, um, but the basis of Miss Charm School podcast is really for women in transition, and I would say from a single season into a married season, that's the short answer. The longer answer is the one I just explained about your womanhood versus your queendom, and again, as I've mentioned in past podcast episodes, there are specific episodes that go into further detail about your queendom. Um, I think I have a queendom part one and part two. So if you want to know more about that, you can check those episodes out. All right. So let's get into this good work today. So I want to say work. It is it's work and also word today. So today is going to be a very extremely, extremely, extremely transparent podcast. And I want to title it, you know, perhaps like um, letters from dad or daddy letters or fatherhood lessons or something like that. I'm not sure yet. It'll come to me. But I originally had scheduled this week to actually invite a man on the podcast, the first man to ever be on Miss Charm School podcast, okay? We, he was going to pop that cherry for us. <laughs> laugh. Just go ahead and laugh, 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 laugh. Yes, he was going to pop that cherry for us, sis. But um, it didn't pan out for us to be aligned to actually record this week. So um, I kind of was like, well, maybe I won't do an episode this week. And then yesterday, when I typically record and upload, um, I went through so much emotionally. And I really prayed about it. And I just believe that I'm going to be so transparent in this podcast. And I think sometimes, as human beings, we hide our struggles. And well, struggles is not the right word. We hide um, our wounds. And we hide the areas of ourselves that are not strong. And the areas that are strong, we really parade with those. We really lead with those. And we shy away from the areas of our vulnerability. Well, I'm going to be extremely vulnerable in this podcast. And I'm going to be vulnerable 
believing in Jesus's name that it's going to set you free. And who knows, this might be one of the most popular episodes because I'm really going to peel back the layers of myself and be extremely transparent um, with my wounds and my struggles and my vulnerability. I don't always have it together. And you're going to see that. And I, I mean, I've been pretty vulnerable in other episodes, but this, I think, because it just happened yesterday, is really fresh. And I don't know how much I'm going to get into the details of the actual story of what transpired, because what I've learned is that the details of something are really like the leaves of the tree or the, sm- or the, the smoke of a fire. It's not the root cause of something. And what I want to do is I want to practice and I hope by practicing it in front of you that it's also encouraging you and showing by example how to stand on top of your story. And I did an episode on that as well. Standing on top of your story instead of being a victim to your story. Sometimes when we get caught up in the details about things, we get caught up in like, well, this person did this to me and because of this, 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 we, we explain the entire story to someone so that they can understand how we were affected or we were a victim or we were on the receiving end of someone else's, you know, bad behavior or decisions or actions or whatever, right? But the true place of personal empowerment and specifically referring back to transitioning from womanhood to queendom, the true place of power in your queendom is standing on top of the story instead of standing underneath the story and thus transforming the story to be something that empowers you that you stand on top of something that is a story that you own and you own with power so that when you speak it and that when you tell it to people they can see your transformation and in them seeing your transformation they themselves are transformed and so That's what I first want to say before getting into the details of everything um, that transpired. Well, I just said I wasn't going to get into the details. Okay, so before getting into what I'm going to share today. um, So yes, just walk with me. Like I said, get you something sexy to sip on. Let's just chill for a sec. Sit up under a tree with me. um, Go to the beach. Put your feet in the sand. Pop those ear pods in or those earphones in and you know, as you're in your room cleaning up or walking around the house or driving in your car, wherever you find yourself take going on a walk, I would love for you to be hearing this podcast in nature because I just believe, like I mentioned in last week's episode, nature has a way of recharging the divine feminine and nature has a way of speaking to the divine feminine. Um, we call it Mother Earth for a reason and you are the feminine physical embodiment of the feminine energy. And so, It would be dope if you could listen to this, you know, somewhere out in the open where not just my words are going to vibrate a level of truth and relevancy to you, but the earth is also going to speak back to you. And um, let's charge up together, sis, okay? So I wrote a a letter yesterday, and I'm just going to start by reading the letter. I'm going to tell you that I just, I went through a lot emotionally. Um... I I felt heartbroken yesterday is the best way to say it, completely heartbroken and completely defeated and completely, let, first of all, let's just shout at the fact that today's a new day. 
and that I'm even saying yesterday. Because as low as I felt yesterday, I felt I really truly did not want to wake up today. I really truly just wanted to slip away quietly at night and never wake up again. Because I think the trick, the 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 trick that he, the human mind plays on you is that, well, if you die, you won't have your thoughts anymore. You won't have your emotions anymore. That's a big one for me. Like, oh, if I just die, I won't have my feelings anymore. And I don't want to feel anymore. Um, I'm not the type of person that's going to go do drugs or get high or, you know, just get sloppy, sloppy, super, super, super drunk till I black out. I've never blacked out before from drinking or anything like that. I mean, there's always the hope of the future, right? But no, I've never blacked out from drinking or I've never experienced anything like that. I don't, I don't, I guess, enjoy those, those, like pushing myself to that limit with a substance, um, I'm not the type of person to just, I, I don't know, I guess the best way to say it is like, I don't know how to go numb to my feelings. And I don't know how, I understand though, like yesterday I, I kept telling myself, I understand why people turn to drugs because you're like, all you can do, there's this Kendrick Lamar on his new album. He was like, you've never felt pain till you felt pain sober. And that came to me yesterday too. Like, man, I'm so heartbroken and I'm just sitting in it. Like, I can't do anything. Like, it just has to pass. This pain has to pass. It has to pass out of my physical body. It has to pass. The time has to pass. It just has to, like, pass. And I understand why people turn to drugs. I understand why people turn to narcotics and alcohol. I understand why people, you know, go out and just sleep around. I understand why people just say middle finger to life and they just, you know, I really want to say stay low vibrational. I understand why people just say, screw it. I'm just going to go live my life. I, I get it. I really do. Um, because trying to, well, let me just get into the um, letter. So the point is, I just, I didn't want to wake up today. So one, I had to give myself a little pat on the back for saying yesterday, because that already means that I'm on the other side of it. But this is the letter that I wrote yesterday. Today is the date of yesterday. I'll just say today is yesterday. Today is my last. I've tried to leave. Oh, excuse me. Let me start over again. Today is blank, blank, blank month, date, year. Today is my last. I've tried to love over and over again to continuously come up short. Like the beauty queen Crystal um, from, I think it was Miss USA, and Anthony Bourdain, you can seemingly have it all and still be all one, all alone, with no one who loves you the way that you love them. My greatest dream was to be somebody, to tell stories, to be a journalist, to marry well, and to have a family. Too many people have played with my heart. I prayed and prayed about it, but the harder I worked at staying soft while getting also wiser, the more fragile I became in my heart. All of the people I've chosen to love, they didn't choose to love me back. Everyone I thought pursued me because they wanted to love me, they all hurt me. They have all abandoned me, and now I have no thing left. I have no dream. I have no desire. I have no hope. Now I choose to have no life. I can never live a slow death via food like overeating 
or being overweight, I could never truly go numb. I feel too much. I feel too deeply. And that's why, oh wait, I feel too deeply and that's what everyone never understood. I stay away and push away because the little girl inside the big woman simply loves. I all, I adore my father. I love you with every breath, including my last one. Your love and letters were the only real earthly love from a man I've ever known. Thank you. I'm honored you are my dad. I hope I was your favorite child because I tried to love you through it all. I tried to defend you through it all. I tried to love you the hardest. Mom, I love you. This decision was not because you failed me. The world failed me. I failed you. I just couldn't go another day believing for miracles through the pain. I'm sorry. I did my best to become. I did my best to live on my own. I did my best to have a dream. I did my best to try to be my best self. I honestly gave it all I had and I failed. To my brother, I hope you wake up, love, and live. Stop playing small. Heal and forgive our parents. Go home. Ask for help. Start over. And for me, become the man we all believed you to be. Be the first preacher on the moon. To my grandmother, I love you. You are a joy to me and so many others. Thank you for all your advice. Open up and share more. Our family could use it. That's it. Goodbye. (laughs) And that was my letter that I was going to leave in my house as I had planned to not be here today. I just didn't want to feel anymore. I didn't want to... I didn't have anything left yesterday. Nothing. The only thing I had was the gift of life itself. But I felt that I gave God my career of journalism and storytelling and being a broadcast reporter. Um, The dream man that I really wanted for myself is with someone else and they're working on their second child. And I said I wasn't going to get into details, so let me stand on top of the story. But I felt like the man I really wanted to have in my life is not available for me. So I got to have a new dream, if you will. My career, I felt like I gave that to God. The man I wanted, I gave that to God. Um, And so in this new season of my life where I've literally given God everything, I felt like the one thing that I'm praying for is to be in alignment with his will for me right now, to be doing the things that God has asked me to do and to do them with joy and with gladness and to be triumphant in the things because I'm not really living out Sunday's agenda right now. I really feel like where I work and where I live is strategically in a place of position, which is why I've stressed so much about womanhood to queendom because I really feel like I have been transitioned out of my womanhood into my queendom where I have a mantle and a responsibility that is really not of my own choosing. It's because God placed me in the position that I'm in. I've truly been positioned and my decisions do affect really, truly nations. I make decisions that affect really people's lives, transform people's lives around the globe. So I truly believe that I wake up every day living in a queendom And the one thing that I just pray for is like, God, please give me my family. Ooh, I don't want to start crying on this podcast. And so I've prayed so much and and fasted and prayed and I was fasting this week. And then to 
the last day of my fast was yesterday and I was going to break the fast with a significant event and the event didn't happen. And it just, I was heartbroken, completely heartbroken, completely floored because I had been praying and I had been believing God for a miracle. And like I had wrote in the letter, um, I'm tired of believing for miracles and coming up short. I'm tired of failing. And I can hear people say, you're not a failure. You know, you have a look at your life. You have so much going for yourself. Like you're young. You have your whole future ahead of you and whatever. But it's hard to be positive about the future when the pain of the present is so strong. When the pain of the present makes you not want to have any hope for the future because you've had hope after hope after hope just to be disappointed and to have disappointment after disappointment. It doesn't mean that all my days have been bad, but it just means that when I've been disappointed, I've been greatly disappointed. I've been greatly disappointed in the area of my greatest desire. And um, and there's so many other things I could talk about in terms of being a believer and carrying your cross. And, um, you know, I've had, like Jesus had one of his best friends deny him three times. I dated someone, you know, for three years that denied me, said they didn't know me. Um, having people praise you and then spit on you all in the same week or the same day, I've experienced it. Um, like I I truly, I've, I've had friends that were my best friends I thought would be in my life forever, you know, do things that put me in a restricted place where I didn't have free will anymore. I've been in quote unquote jail for three days a mental jail, you know, crazy people jailhouse for three days, um, you know, like God three days and then was resurrected again. Like there's so many different moments in my life I could share with you. I don't look like what I've been through, but I've I've paid the cost for the wisdom that I have. I really have gone through a lot in my life. Um, and just like I put in my letter, I've worked hard and diligently and I've put in a lot of work at my, in myself to be a woman that's still soft and still kind, and a woman that's not bitter. But I walk with a certain level of confidence because I know who I am, because I've been through hell. I have truly been tried by fire. And, you know, when I'm praying and believing God for something as simple as, you know, love with an earthly man, I have no doubt that he's going to come through for me because God has been a good father and come through for me in so many different areas and ways in my life. But when I face disappointment or when God closes a door, which is truly direction, it still hurts. It hurts because it's it's closing a door and opening up to the unknown and putting yourself back into a place of, well, I'm going to have hope for what I just don't know is coming, but I'm just going to have this hope that it's going to be better than every, anything I've ever experienced. And saying that, I think sometimes is easier. Um, It's easier to say that today than it was yesterday. Yesterday, I was literally on the floor of my house. And I just was like, if I just stop breathing, if I just slowly stop breathing, I'll be at peace finally. And I will never, ever have to feel this low place again, ever, ever. I never want to feel this ever again. I never want to love people who only know hurt 
there are some people in this world where their viewpoint of love is so tainted. They don't know unconditional love. They don't know unconditional respect. They only know transactional love. They only know you scratch my back, I scratch your back. They only know trickery and games. They don't know pure love. They don't know what it's like just to be celebrated with no strings attached, like not looking for anything from them. They don't know what it's like to just be lavished and loved by somebody without the person looking for anything in return, just like, hey, I just want to love on you because you're important to me or you're valuable to me. A lot of people I'm realizing, which is the sad part, have just they just have no concept for it. And but I guess the hope in that is that God is love. And I promise, stay with me. I have a point. God is love. And love is truly the greatest. It's the highest vibration. And so when you can give love to another person, even though they spit on you, they hurt you, they reject you, they abandon you, they stab you in the back, they hurt you and you go through a heartbreak or a heartache is a better phrase. Um, know that love is never lost because God is not lost. God is not lost waiting to be found. Love is not lost waiting to be found. Love just is. Think about that. Love just is. And there may be people whose cups are too small to receive the grand love that you have to give to others. But and, and you may still experience heartbreak because people's cups are so small or because their lenses on love is so tainted. But love anyway. Because the greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. And people don't love people the way they love themselves. I don't love a lot of people. But when I let people in past a certain level with me, I just love you. It just is. And maybe that's why I'm very cold and hard or, you know, standoffish before I really get to know people. I kind of, because my love is so grand. And when you enter into an inner space with me, my love just is. I've been greatly loved. And therefore, I have a great capacity to love others. But with that is also living a life where you meet people who want your love, but don't know how to receive your love. And, and um, I realize now that all the, a lot of the stories in the Bible, especially when Jesus walked the earth, a lot of those stories were him encountering people who just really didn't know how to receive the love. He said that he came to turn the hearts of the children back to the father. And there were plenty of people that rejected him, rejected him so much so that he died for it. You know? But he came to show us love, that we are love. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. And when the son walked the earth, the son said that I came to turn the hearts of the children back to the father. For you guys to be reminded that the father loves you. And so that's a good transition point into the next part of this podcast, because um, yesterday I was just like I said, I was on the floor. I couldn't pick myself up from that place. And today when I got up, I did a meditation 
I don't even know how I found the strength to do a meditation, but I maybe because I have a practice of a sacred space. I have a spiritual practice every morning. And that's why I encourage you as well to have a spiritual practice where you carve out time for yourself. Um, I have a couple hours in the morning. I, I have hours with an S because um, I spend a lot of time in this space. It's how I stay sane, to be honest with you. But if you can just give yourself 30 minutes, you know, 15 minutes of working out and 15 minutes of prayer and quiet time with God, that would be better. Just get in the habit of having a sacred space. And I have an episode on um, a, on your sacred space in Miss Charm School podcast, so you can look for that. But in my sacred space, I'm real extra, y'all, okay? So I light candles, and I sit in front of a mirror, and I have my Bible, and I read the Bible, and I have scriptures. Sometimes in my sacred space, I have a particular like blanket that I like to sit on and stand on. Sometimes I dance in my sacred space, and I move my body, and I, you know, it's it's a lot. We could talk about this another time, okay? <laughs> but I move my body. I thank God for breath. I thank God for my body. I thank God for my limbs. Um, when I work out, I like to do, I know that some church people don't like yoga, but I like to do yoga. Um, and I just, as I flow through my poses, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for breath. Thank you, God, for my body. Thank you, God, for this stretch. Thank you, God. Um, so my sacred space time is inclusive of me sweating, inclusive of my prayer and quiet time and inclusive of me listening to God and journaling as well. So somehow this morning, I still felt like crying every five minutes, but somehow something was like, do your sacred time. And I'm like, no, I'm in a bad mood, but I went and got my mirror and I've laid out my candles and I lit my candles and I got my Bible and I sat down and I was, once I get in the space, I just flow and I talk to God and I read my word. And um, when I open my Bible randomly, after praying and talking with God, he brought me back to a scripture. This used to be my verse in 2020, Luke 1, verse 45. Blessed is she that believed for their, for their, excuse me. Blessed is she that believed for there shall be a completion of those things told to her from the Lord. And that was so profound to read this morning because it just sort of sums up weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so here we go, four or five o'clock in the morning, God is reminding me, keep on believing Sunday. Mm, I feel that for someone, keep on believing, insert your name, for there will be a completion. It's guaranteed of the things that were promised to you. It's going to happen, but you have to keep believing. And if you die or you take yourself out early, or you get to a place low like I did where you have no hope and you don't, you stop believing. You won't allow yourself to get to the place of walking in the fulfillment of what was promised over your life. So that was really powerful for me to read this morning and I want to share that with you. So speaking about turning the hearts of the children to the father, and um, all of that good stuff. <laughs> uh, this morning as well, God had me pull out an old letter that my dad wrote me. And I want to share that with you today. Now, for those of you who've made it to this 30 minutes in the podcast, God bless you. <laughs> and this letter that I'm going to read now is extremely sacred to me. And so at this point, 
you have entered into a sacred place with me for me to share this with you. But I share this um, honestly because it's on my heart too, so I know someone needs to hear it. So this is a letter that my dad sent me in 2020, September 16th, actually, because I kept the envelope, September 16th, 2020. And 2020 was a tough year for me. I went through a lot. Um, I broke up with someone I thought I was going to marry, and I was heartbroken and in heartache and heart pain. And I remember crying out to God on the floor same thing. I was stuck on the floor, me and this floor. I was stuck on the floor. And I just remember crying out to God, like, God, I need my earthly father. I know that you're a heavenly father and I know that you're a good father and I know that you love me, but I need someone physical in the flesh. I need my earthly father. And, you know, I talk to my dad, but it's not like there's, I have girlfriends who their relationship with their fathers are so are so wonderful for me to witness because they can call their dad and talk to their dad for two hours on the phone about whatever. I can do that with my dad every now and again, but for the most part, like I don't talk to my dad every day on the phone. You know, he's, um, he's just different in his energy. Um, I know that I'm 100% loved by him, but we don't have that kind of relationship where I just tell him everything you know, or, hey, this is how my day went today. And then the next day, hey, this is how my day went today. We don't have that kind of relationship. My mom is more so that person. So um, I was struggling because I I was hurting in my heart. And my dad knew that I had broke up with the guy, but I hadn't, I didn't emotionally explode on my dad. Like, <gasps> dad, oh my God, you know, like I'd never had that with him about this guy. And I and sometimes I think, too, when I go to my dad, I try to go to him buttoned up. Like, I try to go with him with my words correct, and I try to go with him to him with, like, okay, I thought about it, and this is my conclusion. Now I just want to know, what do you think? Like, I try to go to my dad in a place of uh, intelligence, maybe, wisdom. Um, I try to ask very direct questions. I try to be less emotional with my father. Um, that's been our relationship. But... This time, I just needed to be emotionally undone with the strength of my dad. I just needed to be able to crawl up in my dad's arms and say, this person hurt me. This person hurt your little girl, and I don't know what to do. You know, I'm angry at them, and I'm taking the anger out on myself. And I just want to feel my father. I just want to feel my daddy protecting me from these evil boys out here who just want to pick on me or hurt me for no reason. <laughs> that's, you know, that's how I felt at the time. So I had prayed that prayer to God. I never called my dad. Actually, I think I did call my dad, but he didn't answer the phone. So I had prayed that prayer um, in September. And then one day I went to my mailbox and I had this letter from him. And I'm going to read it to you now. So it starts with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not fighting more for you when our family was disintegrated against my wishes, against my will, and I believe against the will of God. I submitted to the will of the court system. In hindsight, I should have earned and spent every cent I could to get... Wait, hold on. I should have earned and spent every cent I could... Um to getting my hands on keeping you in my life and me and yours. 
In not doing so, I cheated you and I cheated myself out of the greatest enjoyment of a father and his child. All of the blessed gifts to which the Lord has blessed me, and there are many, you are number one. It seems that I submitted to the giants of the land rather than fighting to hold on to the gifts of God in my life. As such, I wandered around in the desert. Hopefully that's not true of you. I'm sorry for the negative effects my decision has had on you. I cheated myself of the loving relationship a father has with his child. Most of the things I learned and that I have passed on to other dads, I learned from you. In watching you even prior to your birth to respond to my voice, my hand on your mom's abdomen with your foot hand pushing back, I was amazed and I grew to love you and to anticipate your arrival. I grew as a man. On your arrival, I promised God to be there for you. I grew as a father in amazement when you turned and sought me out when I said something as if, as you were less than a few seconds old. You turned your head in the direction of my voice. I was dumbfounded. So were the hospital staff. I felt totally grateful, proud, loved, and responsible. I was also afraid. Having not grown up with a dad in the home, how was I to do this job? God had an answer. I was to pay attention, God said. In watching, listening, paying attention, I learned to meet your needs. You taught me that. By communicating with me through the years, I learned to meet you where you were at the time. The needs of an infant, the needs of a school kid, and the needs of an emerging adult are quite different. I was committed to being there to learn even more and to be a part of your growth. Of course, the word of God was central to my learning in addition to my love for you and yours for me. Then the unthinkable happened. After attempting to live in a disrupted family with me teaching you how to utilize public transportation, when my work schedule varied and I couldn't take or pick you up from school, the court ruled that I was to remove you from our home and to live elsewhere. I felt dot, dot, dot. Well, there is no word for how I felt or what I was thinking. In my lifetime, there have been some major low points. None was as low as that. Crushed, exclamation point, devastated, exclamation point, depleted, exclamation point. These words come close. Aside from God's presence, his word and his spirit, I was alone. I struggled greatly. Now what do I do? Well, again, I was blessed to be able to adjust my work schedule to allow me to be near you. After school for a while, then before, then during, then after school and weekends. How cool was that? I may not have been... Wait, I may not be able to have you like I wanted to, but I was still with you in a second best type of way. Every time I had to drop you off, I died a bit. Every time. Many times I couldn't stop the tears from falling. As cool as being with you was, I wanted more and I thought you needed more. It was never a desire of mine to be an absentee dad. I had promised God that I wouldn't leave. With God's grace, I've done some absolutely amazing things in my life, but you are the top, the tippy top. I am very, very proud to be called your dad, seriously. There is no limit to what you will do in your life. You have taught a young man with little to no experience to be a father without even trying. Imagine what you will do when you, on purpose, in Christ, live your life. There are some things I would do, I would do different if given a chance, but I wouldn't change my time with you one bit except to have more. In hindsight, I would have fought for you more. I'm sorry. Signed by my father. And yes, breathe that in, sis. I can even spiritually discern the tears because some of you 
have never had a, anywhere near a level of conversation like that with your earthly father or don't even know your earthly father. Um, some do, but many of you maybe do not. Um, so take that for you. Take that healing for you because this letter was healing to me when I got it. Because I had prayed, God, I need my earthly father. And during that season of my life, God taught me some very important things that I need to look for in relationship. He told me that a real man leans in. A real man will say, come to me Sunday. I will take what you say seriously and I will respond in positive and healthy ways. And that became an affirmation to me. That I attract men that lean in emotionally. That say, come to me Sunday. I will respond to you in healthy and positive ways. And... Literally, God told me that a man will watch you. He will listen to you. And my father, to my amazement, wrote this letter using those exact words in this letter that God had already told me in my quiet time, in my sacred time, in my prayer time with him. And he gave those words to my father, who I never told that I was learning these things. So this letter was a miracle for me and profound for me and really came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I can't really say it came out of nowhere. To be honest, I asked God for it, but I never asked my earthly father for it. And he ended up mailing it to me and sending it to me. And so I share that with you today because after yesterday and I was low as I was yesterday and experiencing heartbreak and heartache yesterday, today is a new day. And today I am reminded of a father's love. A father's love that never abandons, that listens to you, that watches you, that leans into you, that says, come to me, I will take what you say seriously, and I will respond in positive and healthy ways. And that is the kind of earthly love that you deserve, sis. And even though the men that are in our lives, whether they be uncles or fathers or lovers or friends, they fall short because they're human. We fall short. We don't always live up to the divine feminine, the highest vibrational form of who we should be. We don't always do it. And so do our counterparts. They don't always do it. They live in a fallen world like we do where there is environment and all these different systems. And there's all these different things that come at you every day that, you know, attempt to knock you off or rock you emotionally to your core. But. This encouraged me this morning because it reminded me, as my father, this stands out to me, this line he wrote, I cheated you and I cheated myself out of the greatest enjoyment of a father and his child. And how did he cheat on himself and myself? By not spending every cent or maximizing every amount of energy to maintain our closeness, to fight for me. And ultimately, that's what is the man's calling, the mantle of a man, period. That's his calling. The Bible says the husbands are to lay their lives down for their wives. His calling is to fight for you unto the death. And it's painful when you are built to be the receiver and you meet people who constantly fall short of the calling. And I know that's a very deep revelation and we don't have to always be deep about it, but that's the spiritual energy that was set in motion from the beginning. You are meant to be fought for. You are presented in front of someone and then you are meant to be fought for. And even the, the earthly marriage is a reflection of the heavenly marriage. 
God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for you, the earth, the bride of Christ. It's the earthly marriage and earthly relationships are a reflection of a spiritual one. And so many earthly relationships are so tainted and people have a really hard time accepting unconditional love from a father because they just don't understand it. It stretches the comprehension of what they've experienced in the earthly realm. So I want to encourage you. One, I know there's so much in this podcast and I want to wrap it up. But one, take what I shared today as you need it. Let words I shared heal you in places where you were hurting and aching. Things that are coming up for you, write it out, journal it out. Take another step towards being a whole higher vibrational woman. But on the flip side, for those of you who are struggling in relationships or moving through the journey of life with painful relationships and people who hurt instead of love, instead of pouring in, people who you already know, like I know, in hindsight are going to come back and say, I should have fought for you. No one's ever loved me like you. No one's ever treated me like you. I want to encourage you, even though it's painful, love anyway. Because love is never lost. God is love and God's deposit in the earth is never lost. There will be people that reject God's love, but it doesn't mean that God's love is not powerful. It doesn't mean that God's love doesn't transform. It does. God's love is the difference maker from every other religion. Once you experience the love of this creator, that's the difference maker with every other form of formal religion on the earth is the love factor. And so the thing that you cannot lose, and I say this to you as I say it to myself, The thing that you cannot lose, you cannot lose the love piece. And I know that it's hard because it's been hard for me. But I encourage you as I truly encourage myself. Blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a completion of those things promised to her. So, I love you, sis. I'm with you. I care about you. On your dark days, you are not alone. Call someone. If you have to listen to this podcast because no one picks up the phone, know that I hear you even though I'm not on the phone with you. Share this with someone because it will change someone's life. You don't know where people are. Sometimes the strong people in your life are the people that are screaming and crying out for the loudest, but they're silent cries and you can't hear them. So share this with someone. Bless someone. Stay full of faith. Keep on believing and keep on loving. And I pray for you as I pray for myself that your strength be renewed, that your love be renewed, that your heart be renewed, and that you feel the protection of a father fresh today and in this season like never before. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.